You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast, the one that has been delayed and delayed and delayed with mine and Garth scheduled, but we're here today, a retro pay-per-view review. How are you today, Garth? Good, good, good. Just uh, drinking in the Festival of Football. Oh, God. It's the, it's stressful times. <laughs> stressful yeah, times yeah. being England fans. Um, at the time of recording, France have just made it through to the World Cup final, so if England make it through against Croatia... We have got France in the World Cup final. France are very, very good, very, very quick, very slick, well-oiled machine, which is ever so slightly terrifying as we are playing <laughs> Ashley Young at centre at uh, left back. But yeah. we are not talking about football today. Today is a retro pay-per-view review, and this was your choice, I believe, Garth. It was yes. And uh, once again, Garth is doing his best to educate me in the ways of decent TNA, <laughs> and. Um, We've had it, to go back a while. We have had to go back a while. We uh, we did TNA Destination X 2012 a couple of months ago. And uh, we're going back even further this time. We're doing Slammiversary 2006 from the Impact Zone, Orlando, Florida, June 18th, 2006. Now, this is... Again, you are going to have to correct me if I'm wrong at any point, Garth, because, again, my lack of TNA knowledge is quite alarming at times. <laughs> But Slammiversary is their big show. It's their it's their WrestleMania, their equivalent to WrestleMania. Is that right? Yeah. Or yeah, is Bound right. for Glory there? I think the Slammiversary is their sort of. It is their sort of WrestleMania, but it's more like their anniversary celebration. Okay, so it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. Um. Obviously, this is their fourth anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's interesting to see that in 2006, Impact still doesn't have its own world title. That's still using the NWA title. Yeah, considering this is the fourth year of the company's existence, and you look at the talent that is on the roster. I mean, just on this show, you have got the Dudley Boys, you know, um, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, as they are, you know, in the WWE. You've got AJ Styles, you've got Christopher Daniels, you've got Christian Cage, Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe, Scott Steiner, Sting. And you still haven't got your own world title. It is, <laughs> it's very, very strange. Um, but overall, this was a decent show. Yeah. There's some it. fucking weirdness, and <laughs> we will get into that. As you know, is you know TNA's bag. I think they sort of thrive in being fucking weird, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> but we'll jump straight in. We'll have a look at the first couple of matches. Um, we started, and we're not going through the pre-show, um, but we started with the opening match between Team 3D of Brother Ray and Brother Devon taking on the James Gang of BG James and Kip James. Now, Garth, this is a bingo hall brawl. And at the start of the match, <laughs> I did not know what a bingo hall brawl was. Had never heard of one. And at the end of the match, I was still wondering what a bingo hall brawl was. I think it just means you you can go anywhere and do anything. So effectively, it is just a hardcore match. Pretty much, yeah. A bingo hall 
has nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing. Because in the entire 10, 11 minutes this match ran, I was just like, I don't understand the reference to bingo halls. Is it just <laughs> because they use chairs? Just I mean, Dudley's, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Team 3D even. Um, I, w- I was very confused, but it was a fun little match. I mean, it started pretty much straight away. We had the awesome video package, and I really did enjoy that video package, the opening one. Where they yeah, were talking the, about the um, the King of the Mountain main event. Yeah, I really good. All the sort of movies are quite good. Yeah, I think all the video packages were really good in this uh, in this bit. You was was good for getting you hyped. Um, but obviously we cut straight from that, and the James Gang were being beaten up down the ramp by Team 3D. <laughs> One thing I did notice about BG James and Kip James, obviously Road Dog and Billy Gunn, was that Road Dog looked gassed through totally. very very early. <laughs> he was not in a good way. He was not in good shape. Whereas Billy Gunn almost passed for Attitude Era Billy Gunn. Yeah, he still does. Yeah, still does. Looks no different I mean, apart from the fact he's got shorter hair. There was some pretty brutal sort of chair and kendo shots quite early on. They held absolutely nothing back. And, you know, like I said before, that the Road Dog looked so out of shape, luckily <laughs> didn't take away from this match because I think this sort of played into his wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, a lot of it was hitting each other with chairs, hitting each other with kendo sticks. And to be honest, Road Dog probably hit the hardest with the kendo sticks. Yeah. Um, they brawled into the crowd, as you would the expect. One into the, the LAX area. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the LAX area. <laughs> now, we have spoken before um, on the Retro Pay View Review about how LAX are pretty much the staple of TNA. They've been there since the start. They seem to be tag team champions every time I watch a TNA event. Um, but they have their own area in the crowd, Garth. Talk me through yeah. that. No idea because it, I can't really remember it. And to me, it just looked like they had like their own area with a little DJ box. That is pretty much what I thought. They looked like they were the DJs of the show that no one wanted there. Yeah. Um, and the commentary team just sort of gloss over it. Oh, they're in the LAX area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does does every team have this area in the impact zone or is it is it just LAX? It was just a way to get them on the car, yeah. And then LAX started beating up on uh Devon. Road Dog sort of offered a hand of friendship to Conan, who hasn't aged at all. Oh, and no. Conan then beat up Road Dog. And it was just <laughs> it was a very, very confusing segment. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the ring, the most hardcore weapon in the history of the world was being used. And that, what is that hardcore weapon, Garth? What, the bin? No, not the bin. The guardrail? No, not the guardrail. A fucking cheese grater. Oh, God, I forgot about that. The cheese grater had been bought out, and Brother Ray, for you know all his showmanship, he teased it, and he teased it, and he teased it, and he gave the slowest, lightest cut on the top of Billy Gunn's head, who sold it as though he had been hit in the head with a pickaxe. The reason I say the guardrail is because before that he'd set a guardrail across the chairs. Yes, and then he had power slammed him into it. <laughs> there was honestly the bit between Billy Gunn and Brother Ray was fantastic because those two, I feel, were the more competent wrestlers. Oh yeah. Whereas, as I've mentioned before, Road Dog seemed to be gassed very early on. Devon's never been the most technically gifted in the ring, hence why, you know, most other things he never made it as a singles competitor. I mean, Devon was in pretty good shape for this. Obviously it was a long time ago. 
Um, he was he was okay. I wouldn't say he was in fantastic shape. He was he was okay. Um, I mean, I noticed when they went into the crowd, there was absolutely no security whatsoever. No, absolutely. They were literally just wading through the crowd. Though that security would magically materialise for the main event, and you would know that they <laughs> exactly, were security yeah. because they were wearing black t-shirts with the words security on them, and they were the most. You know how usually you get security, and especially nowadays WWE, it tends to be enhancement talent, so they're quite ripped. And if you want to be a security, you know, a a member of security, you tend to have to be at least imposing. These had the biggest dad bods I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. They were the least imposing people I've ever seen. It was like they just put the t-shirts on the crowd members. Exactly, which is what I thought they had done at one point. Anyway, there was no referees in the uh, no security in this match. Eventually, we get to the end, and of course, it ended with Team 3D winning with the 3D on Kip James through a table. Nice little opener. Nothing really else to say about that. I don't think it had any major consequence really on any storylines going forward. It was just a nice little opener, really. Yeah, it was just a good, like, fun match. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Rhino, and you could tell that he had been re sort of repackaged. Because yeah. he had an I in his name, not the usual Y, just to avoid any WWE uh, any lawsuits. Um, he was taking on two members of Team Canada in a two-on-one handicap match. Now, Team Canada, obviously, you've got Pete Williams, who is very, very good wrestler. You've got Eric Young, you've got A1. But instead, Rhino decided to take on Bobby Roode and Coach Damore. Now... <laughs> Obviously, Who is now, this... funnily enough, in charge yeah. of Impact. Which is weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, this was obviously because, you know, going back, Rhino had been cost, cha- um, had been cost a championship opportunity by Team Canada, whose yeah. gimmick seemed to be hitting people with hockey sticks <laughs> uh, wrapped in the Canadian flag. And obviously yeah, that, would play, gonna... that would play in a part in the, uh, in the match later on. But there was a lovely pit at the start when... Coach Demore and Bobby Roode came out first, and Coach Demore was sort of warming up in the ring. He was like, "I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready." He was, you know, he was telling Bobby Roode he should get out of the ring because he's he's got it, he's got it. Rhino came down to the ring. Demore bolted, yeah, followed by Bobby Roode. They ran back up the ramp, and he just turned. Um, Demore turned to Bobby Roode and just went, "I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. It's fine. I wasn't ready." He just he took me by surprise, and you could just see Bobby Roode going, "I know, man. I know. It's fine. You've got this. I've got this." It was just a, it was a lovely bit of character work. I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, Rhino starts hot, but the number advantage sort of eventually sort of takes a hold. Yeah. Um, Demore only ever comes in when Rhino is on the mat. There's a bit where um, like Bobby Roode misses like a DDT. And you hear him shout, shit! (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Roode, even in this match, and you know, we're talking, what, 12 years ago? He's Mm. still fantastic. He doesn't look any different either, apart from the long hair. He looks no different. I wrote that in my notes. I said even back then, you could see how tight and technically good he was. Yeah, he was fantastic. And he really did carry this match, because obviously Mm. Coach Damore is not a full-time wrestler. And Rhino, he was a car crash wrestler. You know, yeah. he was there for the spot. He was there for the gore, effectively. There was a funny how um, when um, Damore tried to do, like, a moonsault. I have that written in my notes, underlined twice. Damore got up to the top rope and hit a moonsault. And it looked, missed it. It looked all right. It did. It looked fairly technically sound, to be perfectly honest. I mean, what is he doing doing a moonsault? And to be honest, the way he sold it when he missed it as well, as he hit the class. canvas, 
it looked like you know when you belly flop in water and just yeah. that horrible slap. sickening slap that was how it sounded on the mat yeah. it was horrible um i liked his uh, i like this t-shirt as well when he had a it was like t-n-a like oh, yeah. oh yeah there was one bit obviously where he sort of opened his shirt and he got a singlet on and he was flexing oh. his muscles to the crowd he was insufferable <laughs> in this match but it was just it was it was really good fun um after this, Demore realizes that he's going to have to pull out something fantastic out of the bag to uh, to beat Rhino. Gets the hockey stick with the Canadian flag, goes for the demoralizer, which is an absolutely fantastic name for a move, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's reversed into a gore, and Rhino wins. Which I think, if we were to do predictions on this mat on this card, I think we could have guessed that Rhino was going to win this match, yeah, yeah. and that Coach Demore would take the pin. Um, I'm just a bit upset, really, that we never. We didn't really see more of Bobby Roode. Yeah, it was quite sort of. It was just a short match to get Rhino over, really, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Rhino was really over, which mm. something that I did think about while I was watching this match. There's that lovely story where, well, I say lovely. There's that story where Rhino is wrestling, and I can't remember who's wrestling against in the WWF. It's like about 2003, 2004, and Vince cancels the match part way through because he says it's that boring Jesus. and to be told that your match is that boring you're cancelling it mid like mid match in front of people on TV that's quite demoralising so I was quite happy for Rhino that you know he was quite over I'm not sure about the tagline the war machine though no they use that all the way through as well. all the way through it's like yeah. Roman Reigns and the big dog Yeah, it's just it's too much stop it um, one thing I will say, I just want to go back to the Jeff Jarrett promo between T between the first and second match. His intense promo. His intense promo, where basically, obviously I know his his catchphrase is "ain't I great," but he compared himself to Michael Jordan. <laughs> and in my notes, brilliant. I put, in no way, shape, form, or in any dimension. Is Jeff Jarrett even closely resembling Michael Jordan now or ever? So what I he's thought, saying I is, was I mean, I've never ever been a fan of Jeff Jarrett. I wasn't a fan of him in the nineties. I wasn't a fan of him in the two thousands when he had the slap nuts gimmick. When he was, you know, booking himself as every champion in TNA. Yeah. I've never been a fan of his. I've never seen the appeal of him. I've never seen him as a good wrestler. That bit genuinely made me laugh. Yeah, I, you know, I think, fair I, enough. I think he's like in when as for all the time I watched TNA and he did spoil I mean he did spoil whole pay per views by giving himself the championship, but he always I always liked his promos and stuff. Yeah, he's he stumbled a, really a couple of heel. times in this one, but it was yeah, it was okay. It was alright. It was just that bit. I was just like, really? <laughs> Michael Jordan. Okay. He also compared himself to a famous hockey player, but I, I am nowhere near savvy enough on the NHL to be <laughs> to understand the comparison, so I'm not going to try. Um, this match, though, was then followed by a Samoa Joe promo. Now, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe's promos are always fantastic. What I'd love to know is, how sunburnt was Samoa Joe before <laughs> this, or was it just the lighting? Because the man looked so pink, it, it was, was untrue. It, I don't know what it is, but for some reason... And I even wrote it down, I put, it was like a really smooth promo. It was like he was in some sort of den. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it a was bit. All dark. It was. It was a very. I mean, he's always had that Jake the Snake Roberts sort of never raising his voice style of promo, which is really yeah. effective. And what he said was fantastic. You know, you've never stepped in anyone, uh, stepped in the ring with anyone like me. Obviously, talking about Scott Steiner and his X Division match later on. Um, you know, you've got a short fuse, and trust me, I'll be the one holding the lighter. It's <laughs> like, oh, you absolute beast! I love you, Samoa Joe. But his sunburn really put me off. <laughs> I was, I was just looking at him, going. Can someone get that man some albasoil, please? <laughs> I hadn't even noticed it. Some aloe vera, not albasoil. Albasoil is for, you know, a cough. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that that was just something that I picked up. Anyway, um, match number three. You know how much I love a number one contendership match on a pay-per-view. Yeah. I think it really does build up the title. And this was probably my favourite match of the night. Yeah, um, It was a really, really good match. And do you know what? In the very, very limited time I've been watching TNA, or I've been, we're doing retro pay per views on TNA, I've enjoyed everything they've done with the X Division. Yeah. It's just, it was at the time, obviously at this time as well, it was totally the polar opposite of what WWE were doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think they sort of, WWE have not tried to emulate it, but are doing something similar now with 205 Live. Yeah. But. Here, this, you know, the X Division was something, and TNA have done a lot wrong. Trust me, a lot wrong. But this was something that they did do right, especially yeah. early on. Um, but this was a number one contendership match to take on, obviously, the winner of... Well, no, because the title wasn't on the line between Samoa Joe and Scott Steiner, was it? No, no. Um, so, to take on Samoa Joe, basically. Um, and this was between Sanjay Dutt, Alex Shelley, Shark Boy, Petey Williams... Jay Lethal and Senshi. Uh, before we get into the match, which was a really, really, really good match, as I said before, an elimination match. A um, couple of things. Shark Boy. Huh. Um, brilliant. <laughs> ridiculously over. Don't know why. He was. He was. Mad. He always was. Like, yeah. He used to come back for the odd sort of pay-per-view appearance, just to, to sort of bulk out the numbers, and he always got a class. Sort of yeah. response, especially he when he was doing over. the sort of stone cold, give me a shell, yeah, sort of thing. It's it, it <laughs> honestly baffling how that man was over. Um, no. Jay Lethal hasn't changed. No. What the fuck was Alex Shelley's gimmick? <sighs> he was like some sort of producery, sort of swarmy Hollywood guy, I think. The sooner that him and Chris Saban become the Motor City Machine Guns, the better. <laughs> yeah. Because that gimmick, for someone who can wrestle as well as Alex Shelley can, as proved by this match, the better. And I know that he was yeah. in with Kevin Nash at this point, as we'll see later on in the card. But this, his gimmick was bullshit. It really was mm. awful. Uh, Senshi or Loki um, hasn't changed either. No, do you know what though? Senshi came out. I was like, oh, that looks like Loki. And then it took me until he uh, did his finisher on P.T. Williams. And I was like, holy shit, that is actually low-key. That <laughs> bloke gets around, doesn't he? Jesus. Does um, also, Sanjay Dutt has hair, which was yeah. uh, a lovely little note I made. Apparently, that was something I found interesting. It's like when you see um, Samoa Joe with hair back then as well. It's very, very strange, isn't it? The only yeah. thing is, Samoa Joe, like, his face doesn't change. Like yeah. He's got the same face. There's no, there's no change there. Um, there was a love. There's great, great performances from Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. And every time 
they were in the ring, I felt that they were the MVPs. I thought that Sanjay yeah. Dutt, especially because Sanjay Dutt made it to the last two, I felt like he was really, really being pushed. I know he didn't win, but he was really, really, really being pushed. Yeah. They gave Alex Shelley a ridiculous amount of time to get that heel work over. He was really good as well. Some um, of the stuff he was pulling out. Yeah. Just such quick, on-your-feet thinking was really good. Which, you know, again, is why I've said, you know, the sooner he becomes the Motor City Machine Guns with Chris Saban, the better, because <laughs> those two are fantastic together. It was a lovely yeah. bit of heel work where 